So, Mark, did you see the bad news that Jose Canseco's car wash is closed? I never made it over there. Shame on me. But everyone who wants to go get autographs, get their car washed at the same time, it's not possible anymore. Yeah, I remember this was like on our show notes to talk about when we first discovered it for like months and months and we never got to it. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to make it down there. We never got to it. Maybe that's why it's closing, Sean, because you never gave it the proper respect it deserved. I mean, you could get your steroids with your cup of coffee while you're getting your car washed. There's somebody on Twitter who said he was looking into buying it because the car wash is for sale, but it's a non-starter because the lease comes with the stipulation that Jose Canseco has to be there every Friday, I guess. So that's his sort of thing. You gotta, you get Jose Canseco with the car wash. <laughs> I think that would be a selling point. I don't know what's the problem with that. Have him come and sign some autographs. Maybe you have to pay him a ton of fee, like a fee or something. The A's will save the day when they come to town, Sean. Don't worry. Then it'll be worth lots of money again. Or maybe Barry Bonzo will buy it. Who knows? Get a little Mark McGuire in there, too. It's okay. Yeah, Sammy Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl is over, and that means that Dropicana is back. That's the massive multi-year project to rebuild Tropicana. And as people will probably remember, they tore down half the bridge about a year ago. They rebuilt it. And then for the Super Bowl, they had the whole thing open. And now that that's over, they're tearing down the other half of the bridge. This bridge has been in place since the 1960s, which is nuts. Unfortunately, there's going to be some crazy closures, including Tropicana Avenue completely closed already from February 14th through February 20th at 5 a.m. And then I-15 is going to close completely from Friday, February 16th at 9 p.m. to Monday, February 9th at 5 a.m. So this weekend, stay away from I-15. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't when I was there. Like, I timed it perfectly, get out of town, and then they're basically shutting down traffic all over the place. It's going to be kind of nuts. If you have something planned, I'd, I'd say still come. But if you were thinking about, like, driving in or anything like that, like, hey, we got the weekend free, I'd probably stay away. Crazy, but we knew this was happening. We get the diverging diamond back, Mark, so that's good on Tropicana once this is all done. I tried to uh, take the new Harmon entrance that opened. This is that HOV entrance. Uh, you can either go onto I-15 southbound or get off of I-15 northbound onto Harmon. So last night we were at the Rio. We'll talk about that on a future show. Driving down Harmon, and it was closed for some weird reason they just had it blocked off which sucked because then you have to go through Harmon, go past the strip deal with a bunch of other stuff so i guess it's a bit of gamble there but i guess i'm glad that that's somewhat open sometimes i think it makes it more frustrating if you don't know exactly what works what doesn't when it's going to hopefully in like a month or so this is all kind of laid out smooth sailing going forward so let's move down the street from there to palms and we had a comment that talked about comps there and how like over the top they are. I don't have any experience at Palms recently, haven't played there, so I can't personally speak to this, but we thought it was worth sharing just so people could kind of share their experiences. This person said that they stayed once in July, gambled a little bit, received some comps, and then in February and March received like $5,000 comp offers, way over the top compared to what they receive elsewhere or for their play. So I'm really interested to see if anybody else has done this. They said that they're clearing out because they have so many dining comps like all the shops and everything else kind of nuts yeah i don't know if this is like a glitch or what maybe the person's just a plant from there and works in the promotions department is trying to get a whole bunch of people to gamble how, how like brilliant would that be to go to different youtube channels be like i got this amazing comp offer you guys should come gamble here or whatever but i don't think that's the case crazy i mean if you're getting five thousand dollars you have to go i don't care what you have planned uh during that time frame but you need to like go check that out eat for free Live like a whale, even if you're gambling like a minnow, 
it'd be pretty epic. And I've never seen anything like that. So that's pretty crazy. I have heard anecdotally that their comps are pretty good, but I know there's a lot of people who gamble there that are watching the show. So they can hit us up in the comments. Let us know if this is true or if people should go out of their way to hit up palms. That's the really cool thing when you have a new players program and you haven't played with them before. They don't have any sort of understanding of your play. Oftentimes you can get really good comps off of a, a good first visit. Whenever I go somewhere new, if I'm gambling, I usually try to hit it. I, I try to do like one night that's really hard and then maybe not gamble there the rest of the time just give them like hey look my whole role goes into one night focus it see what happens i mean i've gotten really good offers from harrah's and well now caesar's and new orleans i did that just went there once gambled really heavily one night got like a limo you know flight credit and stuff and by the second or third time they're like yeah we're not doing a limo anymore no flight credit all that stuff we'll give you a room but they figured out that that was just kind of like a one-off and that's not like an average night you can make hay for a little bit at least and you should strategize that way right know if this is the time you're signing up to put your play there to try to make yourself look as good as possible to them to get comps it's all a game they're playing the game too they have their algorithms running might as well play it for yourself and get what you can until they find out who you really are and then kick you to the curb. They don't care about you. You don't care about them. Maximize it as much as you can. And in the realm of they don't care about you, we got some news this week that Founders Card, one of the best ways to get Caesar's Diamond status, has died. Founders Card suddenly lost the Caesar's Diamond benefit. On Reddit, somebody said they heard from Founders Card and they basically said, we've been working with Caesars for a decade, so this was not expected. Otherwise, we wouldn't have told just a few days ago that we had it. So it seems like Caesars just cut this off. Suddenly, for all of those people who have Founders Card, it does seem like you have status for this year. I have my Diamond status already. So hopefully it lasts. We've been seeing this with Caesars Diamond and matches and stuff. You know, each year they seem to take a little bit more away. And even though they say it shouldn't work, it does work for like one more year. So I feel like that might be the way with Founders Card. But funny enough, you and I have both dealt with them behind the scenes Founders Card in the past. And they've always said like, we don't want to push the diamond status with Caesars as like the main thing. Like we want people to look at everything this this uh, program has to offer because it has a lot more than that. But that was like the thing everybody really looked for and thought was the most valuable of all the perks. So they lost that and now they're scrambling a bit. I don't know. It's kind of funny that they, they made it seem like this wasn't supposed to be a big part of it, but it really is like the, the key gem of the whole uh, system. Yeah, this will hurt Founders Card for sure. The other way to get Caesars Diamond status easily was with the Wyndham Business Earner card, which gave you Wyndham Diamond status, which you can then match to Caesars. There are some reports that maybe this is dead too. And all I can say is that I know a ton of people who tried to match their status on February 1st and still have not received it. I've received reports that maybe it's dead, but we don't have confirmation of that. So hopefully that's still living on. We'll follow up and let everybody know. But as of now, seems to be much harder to get Caesar's diamond status just after we lost that Hyatt path towards MGM gold. So it's painful right now. Yeah. And I'll say like Caesar's is not worth what it was, you know, four or five years ago when doing these status matches got you access to the diamond lounges or Laurel lounges, stuff like that. And shout out to Ted, our viewer who sent me this about founders card. And I dug into it a bit more. So we will see, but yeah, tough times right now for those of us, but I'm glad I have it. I wonder if I should use my celebration dinner really quickly, just in case they downgrade me back to gold. Just make sure I get it out of my account and done. You should have used it on me last weekend. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, I, I do owe you. You t used your fountain blue one on me. So uh, I'll get you next time if it's still there. It's going to be a tough year. 2024 sucks, man. No MGM gold, no Caesars diamond. Oh, man. You got to go get your icon status real quick, then get fountain blue status. And then maybe you can back work it off of that stuff. I don't know. Always gonna, trying to find the angle. We'll find it one way or the other. So there's a big upgrade coming to the airport slots. Michael Gahn has owned that enterprise for the last 40 years 
He also owns South Point. He used to own Coast Casinos that was sold to Boyd. So he's been a player in the Vegas space for a long time. What was really interesting about this, they're upgrading to Light and Wonder, which has this new tech that can kind of see when machines are about to malfunction, which is really interesting to know that they can do that. But also in this article, it highlights the fact that Michael Gon pays the airport 86.5% of slot winnings. So he only keeps a small percentage. This is what keeps that airport going and nice. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's like the highest rent I've ever heard. 80 plus percent of uh, your your revenue, basically your profit. Uh, I've never seen anything like that, but captive audience. So it's pretty easy. They don't really have to have a ton of people working. It seems like, I, you know, you might see a one slot person per area. It's, it's not, uh, you know, a ton of overhead once you get the machines rolling. So it's cool to see. And, and like you said, you know, that fact that they can tell when a machine's about to error out, that just kind of blows my mind. <laughs> Shouldn't it auto fix itself then? Yeah, I still want to know more about the tech behind the scenes. One thing about the airport is they're very behind the times with their technology, like hand pays take forever. And that can be a problem if you're trying to catch a flight. So hopefully this gets like self-pay where you can get everything registered automatically and then move on. And hopefully this brings a better era of slots to the airport. But as we know, the whole percentages are much higher there. Probably not the best place to gamble. Although Vegas Matt, he does seem to do pretty well at the airport. So who knows? Yeah, I have a buddy that there's specific games that he likes to play and he kind of has figured out when uh, a machine might be more willing to pay and some people believe in that some don't but he'll walk around the airport and see if any of those machines are looking like they're ripe for the taking in play so depends like anything else if it works uh, while you're there or not usually people just sitting trying to burn some time before their flight and not really going in there thinking they're going to make some money as a reminder, we have our Patreon. We do a weekly after show. You can watch it as a video, listen to it as a podcast. $5 a month gets you access to that every single week, plus all of the after shows we've done before. Patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas for all the info. Thanks to everybody who supports us over there. So one thing about Las Vegas is things can disappoint you from time to time, right? It's all built up. This place is over the top. And you get there and some things just rub you the wrong way. I think this happens to everybody. Nobody universally loves everything in Las Vegas. But Casino.org work with Thrillist to go through all these TripAdvisor reviews to find the most disappointing things in Las Vegas, the things that are not worth the hype. And guess what magician is on the list? Somebody named Chris Angel, maybe? Is he number one? He's got to be number one. No, the Blue Man Group is number one, surprisingly. <laughs> so people don't like it. I like the Blue Man Group. I've seen them a couple times. They're a lot of fun. Let's go through the list. Followed by Minus 5 Ice Bar. Blue Green Vacations Club. That's a timeshare. How could that even be on the list? I don't know. Pampas Las Vegas, which is that Brazilian steakhouse and the Miracle Mile shops, always known for their discounts. Not very good. I've eaten there. Then Chris Angel. He's tied for fourth, though. Then Saltgrass Steakhouse, Penn & Teller at number six, Jockey Club number seven, another timeshare. Then the Circus Circus Buffet, Bacchanal Buffet, and Club Wyndham Grand Desert are all tied at number eight. Interesting to see Circus Circus and Bacchanal in the same spot. Yeah, I, I would think Circus Circus usually adds the value, at, at least, you know, they used to. So Bacchanal, I could see people, if you're not big into seafood and you're doing dinner, you probably weren't getting your money's worth. You know, most of the time it was a, a bit overpriced, I thought, unless you were really going after crab legs and stuff like that so i could see that one being up there i'm kind of shocked that the ice bar is up towards the top i never think of that as like a huge thing i've been to the one at the mandalay bay mall area and i thought it was kind of cool you know you can get those like buy one get one freeze off of my vegas sometimes or at least you used to be able to so i never thought it was like that big of a thing it was kind of a once off i don't know i thought it was it was worth it to me <laughs> i don't know Maybe it's the cost or something. I did Red Square or was it? Yeah, Red Square in Mandalay Bay back in the day. That was sort of the original ice bar in Las Vegas, I believe. All Russian themed and you got your big Russian overcoats and went in there and drank vodka. 
it's fun. And all of these ice bars are similar. So yeah, that is a surprise. So talking about shows, we already mentioned the top three disappointments, Blue Man Group, Chris Angel, then Penn and Teller. Kaw comes in at number four, and then Jabberwockies at number five. I've seen all of those except for Chris Angel. I've enjoyed all of them. Penn and Teller wasn't my favorite. They're probably my least favorite on that list. The funny thing is how many people are going to Penn and Teller and getting it for free with the Diamond Show and, and, and the monthly perk and all that. Most of these people probably aren't paying. And if you're not paying, it doesn't feel like you don't have it great on the same amount of scale, I don't think. So Chris Angel, all the reviews we've read and the jokes we've made, I'm not super surprised he's on there. If you're showing videos of yourself for a, a good portion of your experience, it doesn't really hammer home. Blue Man Group, the only thing I could say is it's been there for a long time it used to be really popular it feels like 20 years ago or whatever that everybody talked about and now i never hear anybody say anything about it so i wonder if it's just kind of run its course and in time to move on or not yeah it might just be a cultural change what people like in a show but for it to be the most disappointing thing so what is your most disappointing thing in las vegas if you had to put something top of your list what would it be ka i mean it's got to be ka besides the stage moving which was cool the rest of the show just was lost on me I didn't really enjoy it much. I mean, and the prices are always pretty expensive for Cirque, so you're just not getting the value there. Maybe the list in five years from now, Fountain Blue, it would be up there unless they make some changes. I don't know, the sports book at Fountain Blue, that would probably be uh, top three disappointments. For me, it has to be Cromwell. I mean, couldn't be anything else. Uh, oh, come Biggest on. disappointment on the strip. <laughs> I really don't know. I love everything in Vegas. So there you go. How about slots of fun only having like four slots? Is that disappointing to you? It'll be disappointing if they take out that beautiful carpet. That'll be disappointing. So hopefully yeah. uh, that doesn't happen. Earnings season. We talked about wins earnings last week and MGM released their earnings this week. Mostly good, but there was a lot to take away from the earnings call about their future and what they're looking to do. So we'll break down kind of the different categories here and go through everything that we think is of interest to you guys. What's coming, what they had to say. So let's start in Las Vegas where they set record revenues at seven of their properties. So while the numbers weren't as blockbuster, I'd say, as when net revenues of $2.4 billion in the current quarter compared to $2.3 billion in the previous year. So just up about 3%. Their same store net revenues because they did get rid of Mirage and they had some other dispositions in the quarter, 2.4 billion versus 2.2 billion in the previous year. So 10% increase. So some modest increases, and we'll talk about F1 and looking at the Super Bowl and sort of all the renovations, everything they're going to do in a minute, but not crazy. And it doesn't seem like F1 moved the needle for them across the board, certainly on the high end, but not at their lower tier properties. Yeah, I think that's why we notice bigger spike from win because it's just two properties. Technically, you could say one property. And it was all high-end people, which was perfect for F1. So they were all pushing there where MGM has a lot of properties and only probably three that people think of as high-end that would want to stay there for an F1 type experience. So, you know, they're not hitting across the board like Wynn is where it's all focused on that one place. If they only owned Bellagio, Aria, and Cosmo, then I think they would have seen a very similar spike, maybe even a little bit better. Uh, but since you're throwing in Luxor and New York, New York and Dirty Castle, all that stuff, it brings it down on the average side. Bill Hornbuckle said that on pricing, when it comes to Formula One, they're going to have to be more cautious. They said they got paid well for Bellagio, Aria, Cosmo, but certainly implied that they didn't get paid well on some of the other properties. Also talked about how convention business is going to be used to drive growth at Luxor and Excalibur, the kind of the overflow, but the rest of their strategy really isn't working for those properties. Not a surprise because they don't really fit within the rest of the portfolio in a natural sense. Mandalay Bay probably still fits in the portfolio, but it's so far on the southern part of the Strip, it's kind of like forgotten about a bit. But I think if that was like center Strip, it would be a much more 
beloved property. I think just the location kind of hurts it a bit, but Luxor and Excalibur, maybe even New York, New York doesn't really fit there. MGM probably did, but doesn't so much anymore. They need to, to show some love there. I think they could get it back up to where it was, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see some of the splices off because that's just dragging down. If you want to be focused as a premier property type of thing, you can't really be dragging those along with you. I think Mirage fits better versus those ones. So one last thing on F1 before we move on. He said the South Strip in particular, we would treat that probably more like a normal weekend going forward because of a lack of activation there. Basically, again, the Luxor Excalibur didn't do well. They're going to treat it like a normal weekend going forward, which means pricing the hotel rooms a lot lower and doing all of that. So admitting that F1 wasn't completely successful and that they learned a lot, they did pretty well anyway, and that they'll do better in future years. I have to imagine this is only going to be good for them as they try to fill the rest of the city, as we talked about, and help all the smaller businesses. It's nice to see both Billings on the wind call and Hornbuckle here kind of acknowledge the mid-lower tier of the city for F1. I think it will work well, and, and you'll get kind of like two halves of the city the, the the southern half and, and maybe parts of the northern half will feel like normal weekend vibe, just fun. And then you'll still have the high-end people for F1. And it'll be great because people want to see that race. They want to see the track. If you can make it so it's affordable and people can come, that would be great. So some more quick hits before we talk about renovations and all the fun stuff coming to Vegas. Hornbuckle said the Super Bowl happened in this quarter, so it's not pertaining to those earnings, but... He said that it was a very strong event for them with average daily rates near 1,000 and posting three of the top five room revenue days ever recorded in near record event gaming volumes. So that says Super Bowl was better than F1. All the indications on the call were that. Yeah, and I think you could feel that even when you were there. Like everybody was excited about it. And Super Bowl weekend's always one of the biggest, if not biggest weekends in Vegas every year. And then you have it there. So I think they're going to work really hard and, and pay the NFL whatever they need to pay them or offer whatever they need to offer to get in that rotation because this is big money every you know four or five years or whatever the rotation goes. And Hornbuckle said he was skeptical of the Super Bowl coming here, that it would be better. He thought in some ways it might hurt the city because so many people came. And so he's been pleasantly surprised and wants it back. A few other things. Marriott, they said they already have some properties integrated. We know New York, New York was bookable and maybe some more. All of the properties by the end of the first quarter, they said. Osaka, they're still working on that. They're working towards starting construction in 2025 for their 2030 opening. So that's continuing to happen. They're still working on their New York casino. They saw record revenues in Macau, kind of similar to what Wynn said. Visitorship is almost back to where it was pre-COVID. But also in the last quarter, they grabbed 20% market share with their two properties there. So going really well in Macau for MGM. But let's talk the A's Stadium and MGM Grand because we learned some of the renovation plans that they have. First off, they're going to renovate the Chelsea Suites, which is a new thing I don't think we had heard before. They're going to renovate the Bellagio Tower Suites, which we had heard before. And then they're going to renovate MGM Grand's rooms, which we showed people last month what they're going to look like, even though this is the first time I think it's ever been publicly announced. So those renovations are coming. MGM Grand needs a lot of love, as you say, for the A's ballpark. But I'm excited for those rooms. I'll throw some up on the screen. But they were modern, and we yeah, really liked the way they looked. Throw it up there. Let's do it. Everybody drink. It kind of blows my mind to think MGM was their marquee property and and considered like a four-star, five-star type hotel when it opened because it just doesn't give you that vibe anymore, kind of older, and, and they haven't really put any time or effort into it. And everybody misses, of course, the big line to enter through. If they could bring that back but put it over towards the ballpark, that would be awesome. But I'm glad to see them realize that they need to put some love there, and I think that the A's, if they if it goes through, having the stadium there gives them all the reason to. Maybe we'll get a, 
center bar back at the Oyo because of uh, the extra traffic right next door too. It would be cool to see that whole little corner kind of get a revitalization a bit uh, with this coming in. You're triggering everybody. It's not lucky to walk through a lion's mouth. It's not coming back. So you don't get to do that anymore. But he did talk specifically about MGM saying they're reinvesting in the rooms. They've got some new show concepts, which is interesting. They've done a few new restaurants, but he basically said the front end of the property, as you get closer to Las Vegas Boulevard, needs some attention and some reprogramming. We agree with that. I mean, that basic area, that domed area is the same as it was when the Emerald City was there in 1993. Sure, they've added the nightclub and they've added some stuff, but it's the weakest area of MGM Grand, yet it's the area that everybody gets to it from Las Vegas Boulevard. And then with the A's, he kind of, I don't know if he threw shade here, but this is what he said, and I'll quote him. We're waiting to see where that lands. I have to believe in the next 30 to 60 days, we should find out more. I've been shown three versions of it, meaning the stadium, now in terms of where it will actually sit on the site and how it will connect. Once it settles in, we'll get serious about what we might want to do. He doesn't seem like he really thinks this is happening either or that it's a done deal. What the heck is going on? Yeah, I mean, it makes business sense. You don't want to like break ground or spend all this money until you know for sure that it's going through. So I don't think anybody really knows what's happening. I don't even know if the A's know or Bally's knows. Like nobody knows what the heck's going on in the city. It's just kind of like everybody has a bits and pieces, but it's not all come together yet, which is bizarre because they've already passed the, you know, they passed it through the government and all that stuff gotten approvals. You think it would be pretty clear sailing going forward. Like you jumped all the big hurdles and yet you're still stumbling on the way to the finish line before just to break ground. It, it blows my mind. And three different versions. They're trying to figure out how they can squeeze this ballpark that's too big for the land that they have onto the site. Let's be honest about this. Why else don't we have renderings? Because they can't figure out how to get this ballpark to work on nine acres. That's what I believe. But people out there are mad that we talk about this as if it's not a done deal. Everybody who sort of knows anything says it's not a done deal. But again, publicly, the Major League Baseball owners voted for it. The Tropicana is closing. Publicly, this should happen, and it probably will. But there are a lot of concerns, and I kind of read a little bit in between the lines and what he said. Hopefully, they end up back in Oakland, and then Vegas gets its own expansion team, and they put it on a, a plot of land that makes sense. That would be the best scenario, I think. Now that the Conseco car wash is closed, who cares? We don't need the A's. That was the only reason the A's <laughs> wanted to come here anyway, so it's all over. Let us know on this Super Size Show what you guys think in the comments, MGM's earnings, everything else we discussed in the show. So much here. Hit us up in the comments. We do two shows a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. We'll be back in a couple days with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time. Have a good weekend, everybody. I wish you would have said it's a race against time at some point when we're talking about Chris Angel. <laughs> race against time.